Hey, thanks for tuning in into the City Life Church podcast. We are a church in San Francisco and we exist so that people that are far from God will encounter His presence and experience the life that only Christ offers. We pray that this word will challenge you and encourage you in your walk of faith with Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning, everybody. Great to be here. Marquise and Catherine, God loves you. He has, he has already fulfilled many of the things he said over your lives. But I just have a word for you. Things are just getting started. What the Lord has before you is much greater. There, there, there's, a, there's a challenge that you've had, Catherine, since a little girl. A challenge in your heart. And, and God's increasing that challenge. And there's times when you said, well, I, it's, this, this mountain's too big to climb. And the, and, and, and the Lord said, it's not too big for me to climb. And I see the Lord taking your hands, and you walk over that mountain, and you say, well, that wasn't so bad. Thank you, Lord. That, oh, I hope I never have to do that again. And then right in front of you is a bigger mountain. <laughs> but you're learning. <laughs> God has great things. Many, many souls are going to be touched. Many are going to be reached for the Lord. Amen. I believe that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's so good to be with you guys. And, and I don't know most of you by name, of course, because we live far away. We try to watch the, your services down there. I can't always do it right on time because we have services there too. And uh, but we, we watch it on YouTube or whatever. If when we get the chance, occasionally we, we're right on time. But uh, the Lord has a blessing for this church. For those that are here, Lamia, we love you. <laughs> God's hand be upon your life. We, we know that, uh, we know that God, God has begun this. This isn't man's work. This is God's, God's doing. This is the work of the Lord. <laughs> and, and, and there's things that each one of your lives are special before the Lord. Each one of you is special before the Lord. I don't know the name of my brother here uh, right behind Aaron. David, uh, I don't know you, but I, I see God's going to increase you. He's going to increase people around you, like family. He's going to bless you, and I see the word projects. And, and, and I believe God has given you an ability to work with projects. And, and, and you're going to receive projects from the Lord and share it with Pastor John John and Pastor Marquise. And, and, and you're going to share projects and these are going to be very important, maybe technical, but God's going to use this to bless the house of God. His hand is upon you. It's a day of new beginnings. God's shining on your life. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know the name of the brother that was filming, maybe still filming. I, the one that was over here, Brian, yeah. Uh, wherever he's at. <laughs> uh, just If he's not here, just tell him later. <laughs> God's hand is on his life. And I see a real concern in his heart for his family. And, 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 uh, and God said, I'm going to save your family. I'm going to bring them into the kingdom of God. <laughs> Amen. I, I just like to... Oh, there's a couple other things I, I felt like the Lord showed me. Somebody here, uh, you hurt your back in an accident, and it makes it hard for you to even uh, stand up easily 
or to bend over and you hurt yourself. I don't know who that person is, if they're here, if they're online. I don't know that. Maybe you're home. Maybe it's hard to get here. But whatever, God's healing you right now. God's healing you right now. I think it's like, it like your vertebrae were, were damaged or burst. And, and God's healing that right now. Somebody else is having a problem with your liver. It's like cirrhosis of the liver. And you say, well, I don't drink. And, and, but it's not caused by alcohol. It's a cirrhosis caused by medicine, by, by taking many, many doses of medicine over the years. And, and, and God's healing that right now. God's healing. I don't know who it is. If that's you, come and tell us afterward. Come and say, hey, that was me. You know, God's healing you right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'd like to share with you uh, this morning. I, I believe that the Lord put something on my heart. I'd like to talk about the touch of God. <laughs> say that with me, the touch of God. I remember uh, a few years ago, I, uh, I, we were here and having a good time, and, and we, we rented a car, and we had to return it, and I didn't know exactly where the place was, and John, Pastor John John said, well, just follow me, Dad. So he, he went ahead of me in his car, and, and I went behind him, and I saw all these cars. I mean, there's a lot of cars around here, and, and I said, I'm going to get right up I don't want to tailgate, but I want to get as close as I can so, so I don't lose him. I don't know where to make the turns. He knows where it is. He'll be my GPS today. And so I was following him, and there's a lot of other cars, a lot of distractions. And like they say in Brazil, I was coladinho. I was, <laughs> I was right there next to him. And the Bible says that we need to do that with our Father. We need to do that with God. We need to get as close as we can to him. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. And how many want to follow close to the Lord? Real close. David said, I will seek you with all of my heart. He didn't say just every once in a while, but he says, I will seek you with all of my heart. Uh, the Bible talks about the prophet Elijah, and it says that Elijah came one day to Elisha who was plowing the field with 12 uh, yoke of oxen. He was in the last one of the, of the yokes of oxen. And Elijah came and he took his mantle and he, he threw it over the shoulders of Elisha. And he touched him with his mantle and that changed his life. And from that moment forward, he became a disciple. He followed Elijah and he became a man of God. Actually, God did twice as much through Elijah's life as he had done through Elijah. But it all started with a touch. It all started with the mantle touching him. The Bible says one day that Jesus was coming into the city of Jericho, and there was a blind man named Bartimaeus. And he had been blind uh, for years and years and years, and, and, and he couldn't see a thing. He was a beggar. And he heard the commotion. He went, what's happening? And he says, Jesus is, walk, is coming by. And he began to call out, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people said, be quiet, be quiet, old man, be quiet, beggar. And he, he wouldn't be quiet. He just called out. And Jesus says, call him to me. And he says, oh, uh, go ahead and come. He's calling for you. And the Bible says he took his mantle of, of, of a beggar and he threw it. He never went back for it. Without that beggar's mantle, he went toward Jesus. And when he got there, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? He says, I want to see. The Bible says Jesus touched him. And his eyes were completely healed. 
And the next thing it says, and he followed Jesus in the way. So he became a follower. He became a disciple. He had been a blind beggar. Uh, the touch of the Lord changed things. My grandfather, I know Pastor John John has mentioned this different times, and, uh, but his great-grandfather, my grandfather, was named Charles Barnabas Ledoux. And uh, he was touched, actually touched by Jesus, raised from the dead, and followed Jesus. Uh, I have a, a, a clipping from the newspaper, or actually a, a, it was a magazine from back about 100 years ago almost. And it, and it says this, In my 30 and 4th year, I was sick with pneumonia. I became emaciated and weak, and my flesh consumed exceedingly with fever. I was nigh unto death. I sought physicians, but in vain. Exhausted in resources. During the conflict, in one evening, two physicians declared to my three sobbing brothers and, and the nurse, He cannot live until the morning. Sometime in the night, the light went out. Mortification set in all over my back. Neighbors were sent for to sit up with the corpse. But while death crept over me and seized my body, Christ came and stood by my bed. I shall never forget that presentiment. Truly, it was the King of kings, Lord of lords, the Son of God. He pointed to the earth with his left hand. I turned to see where he pointed, and I saw an empty grave, deep and dark. Looking back into the face of my Savior, his eyes were as a flame of fire piercing into mine. At this, my eyes opened, and I saw him walk out, but his touch had healed me, and I was every whit whole. Wow, praise the Lord. <laughs> It was a miracle because they were already in the watch because he had passed away, quote, unquote. But Jesus changed everything. Sometimes we think everything's over. The game is over. <laughs> the Lord says, no, <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here. And his touch can change your life. No matter what you're going through, his touch can change your life. I know there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's an old song that we used to sing years ago, <laughs> but it, 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 very, it became very meaningful to me. Uh, just a part of it, you remember now. Shackled by a heavy burden, neath a load of guilt and shame, then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. He touched me, oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me and made me whole. How many have been touched by the Lord? <laughs> The touch of God is, is, is prophetic. The touch of God isn't just a happening. It's, it's, there's a prophetic mark that is made by God's touch. And it can come by words. It can come by impressions. It can come through dreams and visions. It can come sometimes in many different ways. God is a God of variety. He can use something new to speak to us and to touch us. He wants us to draw close to himself. When God touches you or me, 
It's because he's calling us closer to him. Our priority should be him. And then in second place, he wants to make us extensions of himself. He wants us to reach out to others, just like he reached out to us. I remember when I was this little kid, uh, I was very fearful at night. And I remember I would go to bed, and uh, I, it all happened because one of my cousins gave me a comic book of uh, a horror comic with those you know, skeletons and ghosts and all that kind of things. And, and uh, before, I, you know, I was reading Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, but then, uh, with this new reading material, <laughs> it had consequences. I was just a little kid, but I remember I'd go to bed and my mom would turn the light out and I'd begin to shake and tremble all over me. And an icy cold feeling would, would take hold of me and I would see things under the bed that weren't actually there, but I would see them. And, uh, and, and, and that's how I would be in total fear until I went to sleep. That would happen night after night. One night, my mom turned off the light, and I was thinking, here it comes. But before anything happened, I looked up at the sky, and I saw a little light, real soft, and it kept getting bigger. And as it got bigger, I looked, and it was like a quilt of many colors, pastel colors, real real light, and it was transparent. And on the other side of that quilt, I saw Jesus. And as that quilt covered me, the fear left forever. I've never had that fear again. And, and I begin to think, Lord, your touch changes everything. He touched a little child, and the fear fled. Uh, I remember another time when I was also just about the same age, very, very young, I think I was about seven, and I saw a cliff, and on this cliff there were many plants, and I was holding onto a plant, and its roots were starting to loosen from the cliff. And I looked down, and I couldn't see it was a bottomless pit. And I was afraid, well, what's going to happen? And a rope, a big strong rope came down from above, and a voice said, grab onto the rope. And I thought, well, I've got to let go of the plant. That's my whole life up to now to grab onto this rope, and I hesitated, and the voice said again, grab the rope. So I let go of the plant, and I grabbed the rope, and it held me, and it started pulling me up, and pulling me, and as I got closer to the top, there was a wooden ladder, and I was very acquainted with wooden ladders because my grandfather was a house painter, and he used exactly that kind of ladder, and I helped him paint later many, many houses. And so uh, the voice said, now you can use the, the ladder also. So with one hand on the rope and the other hand on the ladder, I was able to climb up. When I got to the top of the cliff, it was Jesus that had lowered the rope and the ladder. And that vision disappeared. About seven years later, maybe seven or eight years later, I was about almost 15, I was walking along doing something. I don't know what I was doing. All of a sudden, I was in a different place. I was in a field, a great big empty field. I was thinking, well, this is unusual. And something called my attention to the side. And I walked over to the side, and there was a cliff. And on, and be, on that cliff were thousands and thousands of people holding onto plants. And some of them were, were firm and secure. Others were loosening. And others had already loosened and they were falling into the bottomless pit. Thousands of people. And, and I said, oh, that's terrible. And I walked away and began to walk. And I looked at one hand. I had a rope wound up on one arm and I had a ladder on the other. The vision stopped. And the Lord said, freely have received, 
freely give. And, and the Lord reminded me, many years gone by, we were in Mexico, and my wife and I were, one day I just felt a, a real strong need to pray. How many of you ever felt that strong need to pray? Where you need to hide away somewhere and get alone with the Lord. And, I, and so I said, where can I pray? And we didn't have a bathroom. We had an outhouse. Anybody had, ever had an outhouse? Yeah. And so uh, we, I went out in the outhouse. Nobody was there. And I got, went in and closed the door. And I knelt down. And I began to call on the Lord. And I was praying. And praying in the Spirit. Praying in tongues. And as I was praying, all of a sudden, I saw this dark place ahead of me. And I noticed I was a fish. And I was trying to swim normally with all the freedom that I always had. And something began to, to, to limit my movements and pull me and draw me. And I said, what is this? And I began to fight against it, but it was, didn't do any good. And, and it kept bringing me closer and closer to the surface. And I, and I could see the sunlight above the water. And I said, oh, no, I'm going to die. And whatever it was pulled me out. It was a net. And it pulled me out and threw me onto the beach, onto the sand. And I hit the sand and I said, oh, no, I'm going to die. And I looked over and I saw who had thrown the net. It was Jesus. And so I closed my eyes. And I opened my eyes. And I looked and I wasn't a fish. I was a man. And I had a net in my hand. And the Lord said, freely have received, freely give. How many have been fished by the Lord? How many, how many were caught by the Lord, by his love, by his grace? And, and, and that's something I believe God just really impressed me with to share uh, that happened to me. By implication, uh, Jesus is calling us to be fishers of men. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, by implication, that is also discipleship. And uh, when he touches us, we follow him. And we become his disciples. And when we fish for others and they follow Jesus, they too become his disciples, not ours. <laughs> we're not out to make our disciples. We're, made out, we're, we're sent to make his disciples. <laughs> and so just like we follow him through us, he wants others to be reached and brought into the kingdom of God to follow him. Uh, another time, I remember uh, I was about the same age, seven, seven or eight years old. And all of a sudden, uh, Pastor J.J. mentioned this. I, I had a vision of uh, South America. And the country of Brazil was outlined in gold. And, and, and just Brazil, I could recognize it. I didn't know that much about Brazil, but I'd seen it before somewhere. And there was Brazil. And I said, well, sometime, someday... We're going to have something to do with Brazil. And many years went by. All of a sudden, uh, I think I was, we were already married, my wife and I. And we were praying. And uh, all of a sudden, I saw in front of me a large tent, like a circus tent. And it was filled to capacity with people. Only it wasn't like we normally saw people. They had all these different colored Shirts and blouses and clothes, and their, their complexion was totally mixed, all different kinds of ethnic type expressions. And, and, I, and, I, and I looked and I said, well, where is this? What is this? And an altar call was made. And hundreds of people came forward from side to side, giving their hearts to Jesus. And God began to heal. And there were healings and deliverance. The demons were cast out. The sicknesses left them. And it was a mighty move of God. And I was, wow. And then it stopped. 
And all the time we were in Mexico, God blessed, but we never saw that happen. And when we went to Brazil, I remember one night in the tent. We didn't buy the tent. It was loaned to us for one year. In that tent, night after night, we saw multitudes filled to capacity, hundreds of people coming forward from side to side, giving their hearts to Jesus. God healed. God cast out devils. God delivered. It was the move of the Lord. Something that Pastor J.J. mentioned a while ago that uh, is very important to me, he said that we would be a, a, a catalytic agent, a catalyst. And uh, that's exactly what the Lord told me. That when we went to Brazil, we wouldn't, it, we wouldn't be the, uh, the main actors in the story. Jesus would. <laughs> and, and that he would use us as a catalyst to bring other ministries to that place and to reach those people. And, and, and that's exactly what happened. God began to send to us people that had different kinds of ministries of deliverance and healing. And, and God would use them in a mighty way. And then they'd be gone. And we'd have to kind of hold the fort while they were gone. God kept healing people. God kept delivering people. But he would use that uh, as he said he would. Now, following God's call, as we know, will bring a lot of trials. And uh, we'll go through a lot of difficult difficulties. But there's trials and rewards. Say with me. Trials, trials. and rewards. rewards. Battles, Battles and victories. Now, there's many blessings, many healings, be miraculous provisions. I can remember many, many times, I don't have time here to speak about all that, but how the Lord, once we were praying when we first moved to Apucarana, which is the first uh, place that we ministered to in Brazil, uh, we were in a little home that we were, it was rent-free for nine months. We didn't have to pay. The, the person just says, you live here, stay here. And, but... Um, we didn't have any salary. We had no guaranteed income. We, we didn't take up offerings for ourselves. And we were praying. It was my wife and I and our first two children. And we prayed, Lord, in Jesus' name. And the door, a, 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 a knock came to the door. And I opened the door, and it was a brother who lived in a farm. And he brought a great, huge basket full of, of uh Farm products and, and uh, rice and beans and squash and, and uh, all kinds of things. We had nothing. We had nothing. And the Lord brought everything. And this happened many, many times. The Lord is a God of provision. Trials come, but miraculous provision also comes. Maybe you're going through trials. Maybe you're needing a miraculous touch of God. God's going to touch that area of your life. He's going to provide I remember once when our oldest daughter, Tamba, she was, uh, she was born in Mexico. And uh, uh, in Brazil, some friends of ours invited, invited her to go with their little daughter to the farm. And they, they took her to the farm. She was about three years old, three and a half. And on the farm, she was trying to ride a little pony. And she fell and broke her collarbone. And my wife, when she brought her home, came and brought her and and it wasn't just a fracture. It was broken. You could see the bone was broken. And we begin to pray, my wife and I, Lord, in Jesus' name, move. Touch this little life. In Jesus' name. And we claim the promises of the Lord. He says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And when we were done praying, it was completely healed. 
completely healed. We did her marriage many, many years later. And in the marriage, I remembered that, and I mentioned it as we were helping do her marriage, perform the, the ceremony. Uh, I says, if anyone wants to just touch her collarbone there, there's a little bump, but it's totally healed, totally healed. God's a God of healing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I could mention many other miracles, but <laughs> we're a generation of followers. Through our following Jesus, we will see two kinds of offspring. We'll have natural and spiritual children. How many believe God wants to bless your family? How many believe children are a blessing? There's times we'll kind of wonder about it. but <laughs> Yeah, and... Uh, but God wants to bless us not only with our, our natural family. He wants to bless us with a spiritual offspring, too. <laughs> the natural children, in our particular case, we have five. Two, two were born in Mexico, and three were born in Brazil. And we have 15 grandchildren, and two of them are here. <laughs> Pastor David and Tommy, they're our grandchildren. And we have 15 grandchildren. Some of them are in ministry. Some of them are pastors. And, uh, and we have six great-grandchildren, two of which are here, <laughs> uh, Daniel and Rachel, and which we got to meet Rachel for the first time yesterday. <laughs> that was a blessing. But uh, our natural children, I remember when our kids were just small and going to school, every day before they went to class, we would have a time after having breakfast, we would sit down and begin to pray. We'd pray together, we'd worship, we would sing, and, and we'd rejoice in the presence of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We'll be glad and rejoice in it. And we'd read the word, and each one of our, our children would, would say uh, or memorize or, or say verses, and we'd pray together every day before they went to class. And without understanding or knowing at that time the principles of discipleship, they were being discipled. <laughs> That's what was happening. And we were touching them with God's mantle. And that's important, the touch of God. Now, spiritual sons and daughters should be reached the same way. We have to spend time with them. We have to spend time with them. When we were in Apucarana in Brazil, and I remember early, early morning prayer time that we'd have with about six or seven, maybe eight of the young people, young fellows, mostly a couple of ladies or girls, and we would pray uh, like from 6 to 7 or 5.30 to 6.30, whatever it was, early in the morning. And during that prayer time, I remember the prophetic flow would come, and there would be prophetic words spoken over different ones. Now, I wasn't the only one prophesying. That we, I was encouraging them to prophesy. I was encouraging them to move in the gifts of God. And we would intercede and pray and believe the Lord. And out of those seven or eight or whatever, five of them became pastors. Some of them, because of COVID and other things, are now in the presence of God. But uh, there's one that's still pastoring of those five. And uh, the enemy tried to take him out, but he's still there. <laughs> and we, we thank the Lord because each one of them, God used to raise up a whole army of people. One of them, his name was Valjir, and he's in heaven today. He, was, he got COVID maybe six months ago, and he, just in a few days he was promoted to, to glory. But the church, God had used him mightily to raise up an army for God. 
young people and families and just people continue. That church is thriving. That church is thriving in Apucarana. Uh, but uh, just like we had and spent time with our children, our natural, with our spiritual children, we have to have that time, that input, that touching them with the mantle of God. God touches us, and then through our following Jesus, souls will be touched and saved. I believe we're living in a day when God's going to use you and me to reach people we didn't think that would be possible. There's new people coming into this house. Not just here in person, but online too. <laughs> There's new people coming into this house. God's going to use the Cecilias and the Christines and, and whoever else is watching there. God bless you guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to say that name. And <laughs> well, God's going to bless you. <laughs> and God's going to bless you folks. There's going to be a mighty pouring out of God's spirit. And I believe it. But why is that? Because he wants to use your life. He's going to touch this church with his presence. And through this church, he's going to touch the city. The, the community around us will be touched by God. Souls will be touched and saved. Ministries will be raised up and trained. I believe that. First, he touches us and then he calls us. In Joshua 1.9, Joshua 1.9, it says, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord spoke to me this verse many years ago when I was just, uh, I don't think, I was, I was a teenager. I was a teenager. And the Lord says, you're going to need this verse. You're going to need this verse. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for I'm going to be with you wherever you go. Today, receive this word. Be strong and courageous. Say that to your neighbor. Be strong. Be courageous, for the Lord's going to be with you wherever you go. Now, first he touches us and calls us, don't be afraid to follow. And then he enables us to follow him more and lead others to follow him. Joshua 1.6, be strong and courageous, very similar, for you are the one who will lead these people. To possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. So just like the Lord wants to use you to be strong and courageous to follow Him, He wants to use you to be strong and courageous to lead others to follow Him too. And I believe as we get close to the Lord, we're going to pray. Isaiah, the Bible says, he was touched with a coal of fire in his lips. And then he cried out, Lord, here I am. Send me. That should be our response today. God touches you. God touches me. And we say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Use me to touch others. Here I am. And the touch of God delivers us from our limitations. Anybody ever felt limited? Anybody says, Pastor, I just, I feel so limited. I don't think I have the, the know-how, the wherewithal. It's a God's touch enables us he delivers us from our limitations and he enables us to follow him close your eyes with me as we get close to the Lord now we need a fresh touch we need a fresh touch today a fresh anointing we need to lose our limitations we need to stop being afraid of our limitations 
We need to receive his enablement. If you're here this morning, whether it be in person or online, you say, I feel like I've limited myself. I've been afraid. But today the Lord's speaking to me. He's touching me. And his touch is setting me free. And today I want to receive the enablement of God. Hallelujah. If you're here and you say, with your eyes closed, but your hearts are open, Pastor, pray for me because I felt limited. But today God's setting me free. And I want to be a channel of God's love to reach other people. Raise your hand if that's what you want in your life. Just, yeah, that's it. Just raise your hand. You say, I want, I want to be used of God, to take God's touch to others around me. With your hand raised, Lord, we pray right now in Jesus' name that you would, you would bless your people, set them free from their limitations right now. Lord, that they would be delivered from all worry, from all anxiety, from all fear. And they will come into a new season of fruitfulness. That their lives would be lives of those that seek you first and, and are touched by you daily receiving your touch. Daily receiving your touch. And then taking that touch to their children, natural and spiritual, to reach others, to be channels, channels of your life. Father, in Jesus' name, we speak to the mountain, be removed. But your word says, speak to this mountain, grace, grace, that that mountain be removed. We speak right now that these mountains of limitations be removed in Jesus' name. And Lord, that your life would flow to your people and through your people in Jesus' name. Amen. It was good to be with you guys this morning. God bless every one of you.